question how to suffuse uh, um, question care for a dog or something small cultivate beauty in small tangible ways I think that's a reasonable approach because that's kind of what happens when we experience joy in a relaxed way there's this kind of movement but with meditation it's kind of quieter it's a gentler slower ah it's like a sigh you know but a happy sigh so so, you know it's difficult to tell you how to move your emotions because they they kind of move by themselves (laughs) but you set up the conditions you know you feel comfortable you're not worried about getting it right, you're not trying to make something happen, you're not pushing too hard. There's an innocence to it, a certain playfulness and lightness to it. And then you just focus on something that gives you joy and let yourself feel it. Let yourself feel it. And it's, in, you know, in breathing meditation, the, <laughs> the, uh, the idea is that the breathing itself gives you joy because it's uh, involuntary, you don't have to do it, it's relaxing, it keeps you alive, that's pretty nice, isn't it? And it, it's got fresh energy in it that keeps you bright. And so you can actually, oh, this is rather cool, I rather like this. Um, you know. But pomoja, the word pomoja, gladness, also comes from, say, recollecting um, you know, people who inspire you, you feel gladdened. Um, you know, difficulties that have passed, you feel gladdened. You can even feel gladdened by self-respect. Like, yeah, I did manage to, you know, put aside some bad habits. I'm I'm gladdened by that. So with Dhamma practice, we are gladdened by our, our by beautiful conduct, beautiful speech in ourselves or in others. So these are signs. You, why is that gladdening? I think with precepts you have to remember this isn't just about obeying the law, which is not very gladdening at all. <laughs> because law is always about fear of punishment. <laughs> There's an interesting sutta in the long discourses where these all the all the deities, the Brahma gods and the devas are gathering and they're saying, Ah, oh, it's really cool, you know how the Blessed One teaches us the path to happiness. We really love happiness, and He teaches His path to happiness through morality and meditation. It's so wonderful, and they're all just rejoicing. (laughs) Because they really like happiness, and they say, this Buddha teaches this really good way to get happy. (laughs) Because they don't don't really too bothered with the senses. With Prama Loka, you don't really have much sense input, you're pretty sublime so you easily tune in devas and brahmas will easily tune into virtues and they, they sort of feel gladdened by it all and so it is associated with draw from the rather more kind of heavy clinging sticky stuff of the senses as a sort of subtle subtle happiness that comes and you just focus on where that occurs and linger 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 take it in let yourself 
open to it, certain, you know, relaxing into it. The point of the chant is that we can evoke it. So I think when you get terms like embracing the all-encompassing world, that's a very expansive gesture, isn't it? Suffusing the entire world with a heart full of goodwill. I mean, it's just a lovely, a lovely movement of aspiration to others, exalted, abundant, uplifted. These are just lovely poetic phrases to evoke that, that spirit. So next question, when I said earlier in connection with placing and sensing the thinking mind, did you mean to listen, be sensible to repercussions in the body and heart? And does this have something to do with discerning wholesome and unwholesome thoughts? Yeah, that's all part of it. So you're placing and sensing your, um, your intelligence. Right, what's that? Because that's something you can direct. It's not so easy to direct your emotions. You can't do that. What you can do is you can direct... Your thinking mind can go completely crazy, of course. But what you can do is you can definitely grab hold of it and say, look at that. <laughs> and it will for a moment, at least for a moment, it will kind of obey you. <laughs> it is subject to your... You can tell it to do things, but you can't tell your heart to be happy. It won't do it. But you can tell your thinking mind, look at that. Tell me about that. And you'll go, okay, what's that? So that's placing. What's that? And then how is it? Uh, uh, I didn't get it. Try again. What's that? So it's that directing the thinking mind and then listening. Think short, listen long, place it. You know, like like cooking soup, you put your herbs and turmeric, coriander into the soup. Coriander. Taste it. No, no, no. No, I think we need a little bit of ginger. So that's that's thinking and placing. It's like that. And naturally, you're on the lookout for... That's a pretty ugly movement of mine. I don't, don't want that. So you can also discern, like, that's not worth following. This one is beautiful. That one, not so good. Put it aside for now. So it's a certain filtering can occur. And as we all know, filtering is pretty crucial. These days, when you're so flooded with all kinds of things to think about, you've got to filter that out as to what you want to give your attention to. This is called yoniso manasikara, careful attention, wise attention. Okay, so somebody mentions possibility near-term civilization breakdown. So in this instance, what do you think Anapanasati might prepare and support us individually and collectively for this existential reality and what might come after? Well, I think whatever else breaks down, breathing goes on. When that breaks down, you don't have to do anything anymore. It's finished. It's over. So it certainly helps to you to um, maintain the stability. And, um, you know, when things are getting crazy and panicky and uncertain, just breathing in, just come back to the present. Because there's a lot of fear uh, in the world. 
and people just get very inflamed with fear and violence and so forth. So we need to keep that contained. And, um, you know, the more independent that you can get, like in your own system, more independent from circumstances, and that will certainly be for your welfare, and also the clarity of mind and the serenity and equanimity that it gives rise to will be helpful and is always helpful. So a person mentions nimittas. This person is familiar with a nimitta as a stage of insight. Uh, one nimitta is the forefinger does a single tap. I notice some of the same nimitta appear when practicing other techniques. Well, this I don't know about, but um, I generally say, you know, if it's not there in the suttas, it can't be essential, otherwise the Buddha would have said it. Then I'm not familiar, too familiar with this system. I've done some of it, but I, so I really can't comment on it. But uh, I would suggest it's not, not essential, not important. See, even stages of insight is, where does that come from? Yeah. It's not there. Some teachers have this whole system worked out, which, I don't know, maybe, maybe if you follow that you get these things, but if you're not following it, you don't get it, <laughs> and perhaps you don't need to. So, question is what to do when entire body energy is feeling good except one area that doesn't seem to want to get suffused for me this is above the eyebrows the no suffusion zone <laughs> well I guess you have to give it time it's probably holding out against suffusions because the this is a very serious area of your body, very serious. <laughs> so it might not like suffusion very much because suffusion is light. And so you just kind of work around here, the eyes and the, the temples. Uh, and just, you know, just wash around it and then just gently trace your awareness over these areas. Very slowly, so as if you like saying, you know, if you don't want any suffusions, that's fine, but we're going to go on suffusing. If you want to hang out, you want to join us, that's fine. But if you don't, that's cool also. Just relax, you know. And then maybe the area was, okay, we'll sort of start to give up. Or perhaps it's just not very sensitive because it's an extremely overused and strained part of our physiology. How to suffuse piti sukha when it's not evenly spread. This is why we develop awareness of the entire body. So ideally you get awareness of the entire body, you know, as a preparatory, so you're like you're opening the field so the energy can spread through it. Now maybe that hasn't happened, so you're just kind of feeling pretty good, you know, in this central area. So then you do need to, say, bring awareness to the peripheries and the, the lower extremities 
and just see how it goes. Um, but it's also the case of the energy body, which is, isn't really exactly the same as the anatomy. So it's not like you've got to feel your toes, but you should sense the entirety of, of what you feel your body is at this time which may not be exactly the same as this visual thing that you see. You get a sense of there's no part of what is felt is somehow not being touched or included. If it doesn't feel included, then you need to... Where's the boundary between the suffusive area and the area that's left out? There's a boundary between the two. So we want to soften the boundary as if you're you know, gently widening softening, widen, widen your attention, soften the energy and um, cultivate like that. How can the process of inquiring be dispassioned? I, how can one not get entangled in the questions and to getting answers? Well, you know, the answers, at least the beginnings of answers, are non-verbal anyway. You know, the response to the question is not, not a word, but a sort of something shifts. So you're saying, what's, what's coming on? What's happening? What's happening? Oh, I feel... You get it's the first response is somewhat emotional response. Energetic response, something feels trembles or resonates or brightens up. Uh, so that's that's the process of investigation. It's not an intellectual inquiry. It starts perhaps with using the intellectual mind, but then the response actually comes from the the body and the heart, which are not intellectual. So they don't have words. They just have shifts and movements and moods. Dispassion refers to um, contemplating whatever one is experiencing without getting um, sort of um, invested in it. No compulsion, just it's cool. It's how is this? Could be good, could be bad. It's okay, whatever the answer is, yes, no, maybe that's fine. It's dispassion. And there's an openness and a coolness. So we're dispassionate. So we have, say, uh, emotional movement. And rather than, oh no, this means, oh dear, what's going on here? I don't know about that. Or, oh wow, I've got this. It's just, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. more? Anything else? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Uh -huh. Anything more? So dispassionate is also compassionate because it's got, there's no, it should be this way or that way. It's just open. Happiness is the proximate cause of concentration. What does one do when one is facing chronic pain and vicious personal circumstances to generate joy? Well, I mentioned that we tend to shut down rather than be receptive when chronically facing the vicissitudes of life, how to remain open and receptive and joyful. 
Well, I think if you're facing chronic pain and vicious personal circumstances, I suppose the first thing you do is try to remove yourself from chronic pain and vicious personal circumstances. To uh, you know, it's not the best field to plough if you want joy. Um, so, you know, how do you remove yourself from chronic pain? Well, I mean, it's moving, medication, massage, and so on, changing your position, and vicious personal circumstances is, <laughs> I don't know if there's a book there somewhere, what those are, but you need to be away from people who are treating you in such a way you can't really expect to develop joy in such a situation. But if you start with self-respect and determinations to look after yourself, start with self-respect and making determination to look after your own well-being, yeah, and select where you go and who you're with, yeah, and then if you realise you can do that, then gradually you'll get some gladness because you've done that, you'll get some relief from the pain and the misery and so in the long run keep going that way it's a path, it's not like okay sit and meditate and joy is going to happen so if these circumstances are things you've internalised difficult moods and so forth then you should start say looking at compassion and forgiveness and bodily ease to relax some of the tension of these circumstances. How to remain open? Well, you don't want to be open to negative influences. That's why we cultivate sitting under a tree where we're secluded, not obstructed, not intruded, grounded, spacious. Then we can feel open. But if you don't want to be open to bows and arrows and people throwing nasty things at you, you want to be close to that. So you withdraw from that so that you can be open. Someone's saying recommendations generally to breathe through the nostrils, but alas, the nose areas where a good deal of tension collects. Consequently, it seems there are stubborn blockages in the head. Well, I don't know how breath comes into your body, but it, it comes in somewhere. So <laughs> wherever it's coming in, Easily, that's that's good because obviously it is coming in and out somehow. Um, but really, wherever it comes in and out, it's not so important. Mm. Mm. Generally, nasal breathing is better for your health. You know? But you know, okay, everybody's got their different things going. So, but what you can do also is just take your attention away from which. But you breathe through your nose, your mouth, wherever, and just focus on the breath coming up your throat into the back of your palate, you know, the glottis. And then relax all of this. So if you go right inside your head, right back there, what I call the glottis, you know, where your throat and it turns into the mouth cavity, and you've got the nasal passages empty down there that place there. If you focus there, it does help this all to relax. So it's rather like snoring, you know. So you focus, you practice within there, 
because wherever it's coming in, it must be ending up down there to get into your lungs. <laughs> yeah, it's got to go down that passageway somehow. And then feeling that, and then you can be there, just imagine softening. So if you're inside your head, just relaxing all of this stuff. And uh, that can be helpful to relieve pressure in the nose and the nasal chambers and the palate. Otherwise, just don't have any particular point. Just sit there, you're sitting there, standing there, just whole chamber of the body just opening and subsiding because it's essentially it's the rhythm that we focus on, not the air tract. But wherever you can recognize these tight areas, you know, feeling the rhythm of breathing, just as you're reading the rhythm of breathing, just give a little gentle attention to a tight area as if you're breathing out through, breathing out through this tension in your head. You know, that, that can help the energy to flow through the blockages because that's how you relieve tension, you let energy flow through it. Someone is mentioning going to a funeral, feeling a bit sad about the suffering this person and the family, and the fact that in the funeral there were memories and photos, but no silence or deepening words. Can you say anything about death? Well, death's natural process. Um, helps you to remember not to hang on to things because you lose everything yeah. helps you to remember to collect what you want to store in your heart timeless pleasures and virtues the rest of it is going to go we know that death is exit from the sense world we recognize that dead bodies they don't see hear touch anything so we know that He's gone from the sense world. But when you realise there's plenty of other worlds apart from the sense world, you know, there's the subtle realms that the spirit can move into. So you leave this thing, or something leaves this thing, okay, uh, we don't know. Well, we don't know. But the teaching is you store up your virtues in your heart Take those with you. Take those with you. Because the rest of this sensory stuff you're going to be separated from. Okay, so we've come to this uh, break time. But do keep breathing in and out, even during your break.